Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you as part of church this morning. As you can see, I brought us all on a little field trip this morning. I'm out here at Moore's Chapel Cemetery in Waveland. And, and I wanted to come out here because uh, it's such a great reminder for our message this morning. It's a great prop. It's a great backdrop for what we're going to look at in the scripture this morning. You know, cemeteries bring up a, a lot of uh, emotion, a lot of response from people. Some people are kind of spooked by cemeteries. It's it's something they don't like to do. There's a little bit of superstition involved, or maybe it's uh, they saw something in a scary movie one time that scared them or something. They don't they don't like to associate uh, that that memory. Or or really, a lot of times cemeteries are hard for people because cemeteries remind them of a a lost loved one or having to say goodbye to someone for that last time at a funeral. And so it's it's emotional. It's difficult. To to get here. But you know, for me, cemeteries kind of offer a little bit of an excitement as well. And here's why. Because when I come to a cemetery or I drive by a cemetery, almost every time something comes to mind, two things come to mind, actually, two promises in scripture. The first promise in scripture, of course, is the resurrection of Jesus. I'm reminded every time I come to a cemetery of that story of Mary Magdalene, when she goes to uh, inspect the tomb, on Easter Sunday morning, and she finds it to be empty. And she actually mistakes the Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, for the gardener, for the maintenance man. And that moment when she realizes in a cemetery that the one that she thought was dead is actually alive and the joy that she experiences. I just remember that story every time I come to a cemetery. But also when I come to a cemetery or drive by one, I'm reminded of another promise in scripture. And that's of a different kind of resurrection, that one day all of us, will experience a resurrection, that when we die in faith, that we believe that Jesus, the Bible says, is just the firstborn from the dead, that there's going to be a future resurrection where he brings us all back to life and these bodies will be resurrected. In fact, that's a key truth in the New Testament. The writers of the New Testament believed that death wasn't final, that human history was all moving toward a time when God would resurrect those who had died and God would finally defeat death and all who had lived would be brought back to life in a resurrection of their physical bodies. And the scripture uses the word glorified or glorification to describe that promise of a future life. We're in a series called Because He Lives. And we've looked every week at a promise of the resurrection of Jesus, that because he lives, there are certain things that are true for us when we put our faith in him. The first week, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at because he lives, we are justified. Justified meaning that we are forgiven of our sin, that we are made just as if we had never sinned before, that we're the slate is wiped clean and that we can have right relationship with God because he lives, we're justified. Last week, we looked at the promise because he lives, we can be sanctified. And that is after we're justified, after we put our faith in Jesus, that there is a lifelong walk of becoming more like Jesus and not just being forgiven of our sin, but actually being delivered from sin itself that we don't have to live slaves to sin anymore. We can be sanctified. We can be cleansed and delivered from sin itself. And this week is our third and final message in that series. And it's because he lives, we will be glorified, glorified. Romans 8, 22 talks about this future promise of when we are resurrected, we will be glorified. The apostle Paul writes in Romans 8, 22, we know that all of creation is groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, 
we're groaning for the day when we will receive uh, the adoption of, as of sonship and the redemption of our bodies. And then in Romans 8, verse 30, Paul writes and he says, those who God has called, he is justified. And those he has justified, he has glorified. For Paul, it's as good as done that one day we will experience this glorification process where we are resurrected to a glorified body. We are we were resurrected to a life lived live for eternity in a glorified state with Christ. You know, there are a lot of religious systems out there. In college, I studied religion, all kinds of religions. And one thing that I learned was that many religious traditions view human history as a cycle, as a circle. They just see history as repeating itself over and over again. And so there's no origin and there's no end. It's just there and it just exists in a circle. Uh, For example, some Eastern religions believe in reincarnation. It's the idea that life is just birth, death, and then reincarnation into another life. And it's this cycle of being born, dying, and then being reborn in a new life. And you just continually uh, live in this cycle. And this cycle is often characterized by suffering. And some of the ancient Greek and Roman pagan religions and philosophies, they believed in history as a cycle. And the philosophy was to try and find out the laws of nature that governed this cycle of history repeating itself. And, and really those systems of, of history and time as a circle, they, they offer no future, no hope. They just keep, you just keep going on this merry-go-round of life and, and, and of suffering and of death. But the Bible gives us a different view of time and of history. The Bible doesn't see time and history as a circle. The Bible sees time and history as a line, that there was a beginning and that that beginning for since the beginning, human history has been going towards an ultimate goal, has been going towards an ultimate future. And so the Bible offers this view that the ultimate goal of human history is to be glorified or glorification when God will resurrect and restore everything that sin, sickness, and death has destroyed or damaged. When Jesus was resurrected on Easter Sunday, he was resurrected in a real body. It was his body and it was a real body and it was a glorified body, the scripture says. The scripture says that his body was real. It could be touched. It could eat. It could feel. It could sense. It was it was a physical body, but it was perfect. It could never die again. It could never get sick. It could never experience pain again. And the Bible says that we will be glorified just like he was glorified. And so the fulfillment of what we believe about salvation, of what the Bible says about following Jesus and and being justified and being sanctified is that ultimately we will be glorified, that we have the hope to have a resurrected, glorified body, that we have the hope that we will live in a glorified eternity with no suffering and with no pain, and that we have a hope even that we will live in a new heaven and a new earth that has been glorified and perfected. I want to break that down really quick and just kind of talk about those three things. Number one, we have the hope because Jesus lives that we will be resurrected to a glorified body. First Corinthians 15 verse 52 says this, Apostle Paul writing again. He says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For the perishable body will put on the imperishable. And the mortal body will put on immortality. Philippians 3.21, Paul writes again and he says, Christ will transform this lowly body to be like his glorified 
body. What's this all mean? It means that one day Jesus Christ himself will return and he will begin the process of setting right in his creation everything that has ever gone wrong. Everything that has ever been corrupted by sin, he will make right and he will restore. And one of the first things he does when uh, the angels announce his coming and the trumpet is blown, when he does that, the dead in Christ, the Bible says, will rise first. And those who are alive in Christ will meet Christ and those who've been resurrected in the air in this great reunion. And immediately, Paul says, in the twinkling of an eye, in a flash, we will be transformed and changed and have a new body, a new glorified, perfected body. The Bible isn't really clear or big on details on what those bodies will look like. We know that Jesus, when he was resurrected, people could recognize him. He was a phys- it was a physical body. It could be touched, but it still had the scars. It still uh, was obvious who he was. But whatever it is, we know that it's going to be a perfected body that can never die, that can never get sick, and that can never experience pain again. And that's who we are going to be as resurrected, glorified people one day. You know, I hope and I pray one day that my glorified body is going to have a full head of hair and a six pack of abs. I don't know if that's going to, how it's going to be, but I do know this, that we'll have bodies that can never get cancer. We'll have bodies that'll never be diagnosed with diabetes. We'll have bodies that can never contract the coronavirus. We'll have bodies that can never be abused or neglected. We'll have bodies that can never uh, be destroyed by addiction. We'll have bodies that can never have a chemical imbalance that leads to depression or mental health issues. We'll have bodies that won't wear and tear and get old. We'll have bodies that'll live forever in a perfected, glorified state. They'll be like the bodies that Adam and Eve had before they ever brought sin into the world. And that's why cemeteries kind of get me a little excited because I'm reminded every time I go or drive by one that this isn't final, that these headstones and these gravestones aren't final, that these uh, dates on these tombstones here, they represent a life. And that life at some point was uh, experiencing uh, pain or sickness and ultimately they experienced death. But that tombstone doesn't get the final word. A six-foot hole in the ground doesn't get the final word because one day we will be resurrected and we will have a glorified body and we will be uh, in bodies that never experience pain or sickness or suffering ever again. The grave doesn't get the last word and death doesn't get the final say because he justified us. Romans 8.30 says he has glorified us and we will be changed. We will be resurrected. We will be transformed into these glorified, perfected bodies. Not only will we have a perfected, glorified body, but we're going to live in a glorified eternity. Remember all those other beliefs about history repeating itself, reincarnation, about life just being a constant cycle with no hope and no future? That's not true for us. That's not true for those of us who have put our faith in Christ. We have a goal. We're not on a cycle, a never-ending cycle. We're on a line. We're going toward an eternity with no end, with no suffering and no death. You know, most of us will live 70, 80, or 90 years, but those 90 years, they're just a tiny, minuscule fraction of what life really is for us. And the Bible tells us that all human beings will live eternally all human beings will actually be resurrected. That we'll all, including people who've never followed Christ, we will all still experience resurrection. And Jesus said in John chapter five, he said that both the righteous 
and the, and the wicked will be resurrected. The righteous will be resurrected to eternal life. And the wicked, he says, will be resurrected to eternal judgment. The Apostle Paul, when he's preaching in Acts chapter 24, he says something similar. And he says that all will be resurrected either to life or to judgment. And how do we get judged as righteous? That all goes back to what we talked about the first week of this series, that in order to be judged as righteous, we have to put our faith in Jesus. We can't be righteous on our own. One sin makes us unrighteous, and we can't cleanse ourselves. We can't forgive ourselves. It only comes through faith in Jesus and through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And so when we put our faith in Jesus, the Bible says that that is credited to us as righteousness. So how do we get resurrected and judged as righteous? We put our faith in Jesus in this life. We put our faith in his righteousness, in his death, in his resurrection. And when we're resurrected to a life eternal, because we've been found righteous, because of Jesus' sacrifice, and because of our faith in Jesus, the Bible gives us a glimpse of what that eternity with him will look like. The book of Revelation says God in that eternity, in that glorified eternity, will dwell with his people, and he will wipe away every tear, he says, and death shall be no more, and neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. No more crying, no more death, no more pain. Because Jesus lives, we can be justified, which means one day we will live in a glorified eternity where there's no suffering, there's no heartache, there are no funerals, there's no loss, there's no death, no more pain, no more crying in this eternity of being glorified with the Lord. And there's one last promise about being glorified, and that is not only will our bodies be glorified, not only will we live in a glorified eternity, but one day, actually, we will live in a glorified creation, in a new heaven and a new earth. I'm going to mess some of your theology up for a minute, some of you. And I want you to bear with me and just listen the whole way through. But I want you to know something. Did you know that if you're a follower of Jesus, that heaven is not your final destination? Heaven is not your final destination. Now, don't freak out. Just listen a little intently here. You know all those old songs that we sing in church of, about uh, streets of gold and about the mansion over the hilltop. Did you know that those songs are not actually about a place up in the sky somewhere? That those songs are actually about the new heaven and new earth that God is going to restore and perfect right here. God's end goal in the Bible is not to take us out of this world. God's end goal is to redeem, to restore, and make new this world that we're already in. And he's going to make his good creation good again. He's going to bring this world, this earth, this, this place that we live right now, back to its original glory. He's going to make it good again. He's going to make all things in this new world he created and make it new. And that's when we read in scripture about streets paved with gold and about the crystal sea and about all of us gathering in the city of God, worshiping around the throne of God. It's here on this earth that God is going to restore and renew. So what's that all mean? That means that the Bible's clear. When we die, when we uh, die in faith and we breathe our last breath, that immediately we're in the presence of the Lord. Paul writes to say that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But that's not the end. The end is when Jesus returns to this earth and he brings those who have died in faith 
with him and, and he we're resurrected or if we're still alive we are caught up when raptured with him and he begins the process of restoring the world he created and making a new heaven and a new earth and at the end of the bible we see the city of god heaven meeting earth the city of god descending onto the earth and that's the city with the streets of gold and the glassy sea where all of those who have died in faith and all of those who have made jesus their lord and their king where we will go and worship him for all of eternity. God is saying that, behold, I am making all things new. And Paul wrote Romans 8, that even creation, even the world around us is waiting anxiously for that day when he will restore everything and he will bring a glorified eternity and a glorified new heaven and new earth. This life is just a preparation for that life. When we will rule and reign, the Bible says, with God in this new earth, in this created, a recreated, restored, renewed earth that God has made for us. That we'll be partakers of his divine nature, that we'll be one with him in his new creation. So listen, the loved ones that have died in Christ, they're with Jesus right now, but they're not going to stay in some place wherever they are. They're going to be resurrected. Their bodies that we put in the ground are going to be resurrected, renewed and perfected. And he's going to renew and perfect this world. And we will live and rule and reign with Jesus forever in this new world. In this new world, the Bible says that sin will be totally defeated. It says that sickness will be totally destroyed, that death will be eradicated. There will be nothing but joy and peace and life and love in this new creation, this new glorified heaven and earth. That's what we are promised. Because he lives, we'll have a glorified body, we'll live in a glorified eternity, in a glorified new heaven and new earth. I want to lead you, leave you with one final passage of scripture. The Apostle Paul's writing and he says, we know and we don't want you to be uninformed about those who were asleep, who have died in the Lord. Because we don't grieve as those who don't have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring him with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and the voice of an archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and we will forever be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. We will, when Jesus comes again, he will split the eastern sky dead in Christ will rise. Those of us who will remain will be caught up with them and meet them in the clouds. And we will be with the Lord and we will meet them and the Lord together. And we will return eventually to this new creation, this new earth that God has restored. And we will rule and reign and be with the Lord forevermore. One of these days, he's going to empty out the cemetery. One of these days, death will be no more. Sickness will be no more. Sin will be no more. We will receive a glorified body. We will live in a glorified eternity. And we will live in a glorified new creation with our Savior. It all goes back to that first series, that first message in the series, that first promise. If we want to be glorified, we've got to be justified. 
We want to be justified. How do we do that? How do we receive the righteousness of Christ? How are we judged as righteous so that we can be resurrected to eternal life? It's through our faith in Jesus Christ right now. See, you know, most people live into old age, but we're not promised old age. We have to make a decision now. We have to make him Lord now. We have to put our faith in him now because that's when we get justified. And when we're justified, Romans 8.30 says, we will be glorified. We will experience that glorified body, that glorified eternity, and a glorified creation. And so if you've never made that prayer of, of faith, call Jesus your Lord and ask him to forgive you of your sin. You need to do that today. Don't push it back. Don't wait. Because any day now, we could be at your funeral service here. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised the next day. Don't wait. Make Jesus your Lord now because you want to be glorified. You want to have that eternal life. I promise you, some of you that are watching, you have family buried in this exact cemetery. They died in faith and they're with the Lord right now. And I promise you, if they could talk to you, they would tell you, don't wait. Get yourself justified before the Lord by putting your faith in him. Live a life where you're sanctified and made more like him so that one day you'll be glorified in his new heaven and his new earth. I want to pray with you if you've never put your faith in Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life to the Lord, if you've never made him Lord of your life and asked him to forgive you of your sin, I want you to pray with me right now to receive Jesus as your Lord. Father, I pray for those that are watching and I ask them to pray with me, Lord. Lord, we repent of our sin. We call you our Lord and our Savior. We say that you are the one who leads us. Lord, we ask you to forgive us of our sin. Cleanse us of any unrighteousness so that one day we'll be found righteous. We'll be made right with you and we'll be glorified. and We'll be resurrected to live a life of eternity with you. We thank you for the cross and the resurrection. Because you live, we can have life. And so, Lord, forgive us, cleanse us, prepare us, and make us ready to meet you. Lord, if there was anyone that's prayed that prayer, God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come in and you would justify them. You would cleanse them. You would apply your righteousness to their life. And Lord, that they would begin the process of living for you the rest of their life so that one day they can meet you in that glorified eternity. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to get in touch with us because we'd like to pray with you specifically. We'd like to help you in your walk with the Lord. But if you've been a Christian, you've been serving the Lord for a while, this is a day to celebrate. It's a day to celebrate that, guess what? Death is not final. This cemetery doesn't get the last word that one of these days we will experience resurrection. One of these days we will experience eternity with Jesus. We will all sing and gather around the throne of God in his new city on his new earth in this new eternity. And we will celebrate and worship the one who has loved us and who has saved us. And that's worth being excited about. Death isn't final. Sickness isn't final. Sin isn't Lord, but Jesus is Lord. And we can celebrate because we know that resurrection and glorification is our destiny if we put our faith in Jesus.